So Becca, where are you? I'm in North Carolina, baby. Baby! I'm in my sister's camper outside of my other sister's house because I don't want to wake up the baby. You're you're like three sisters deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, my whole family is visiting my sister who lives in North Carolina, and one of my sisters drove here in a truck in a camper and has been staying in the backyard in her camper. And because I didn't want to bother anybody else, I was like, I'll just record in the camper. But it will get very hot very soon, so we should, you know... Get the show on the road. Get to it pretty, like, relatively soon. Oh, Um, was that what that noise that went away was? Was that your air conditioning? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yes, (laughs) like, I want to record in the camper, but the AC will be too loud. And she was like, I'll just turn it on right now. And that was like an hour ago. And so she just blasted the AC for like an hour trying to get it like chilly in here to like last me through a recording. And it's already, I mean, I'm not uncomfortable yet, but. You will be. It will get pretty toasty. Yeah. Well, I suppose. It's fine. I need to take a shower anyway. Is this the time for me to tell you that my notes are eight pages long? It's the perfect time to tell me, because it means that you are excited about this topic, and I'm excited about whatever you are excited about. (laughs) Are you a snoozer? Like, in the morning when your alarm goes off, do you hit snooze, or do you just get up? Uh, so, it's complicated, basically. (laughs) I wake up at the first alarm and stare, either at my phone or the wall, just, like, basking in my bed because it's not necessarily the sleep that's like the super compelling thing to me it's being not uh upright yeah just like being horizontal is really nice so normally i take like a an extra 10 minutes to just sit there and then i'll get up normally fair i'm similar where i wake up but i don't set other alarms i just wake up and then usually i get annoyed yeah i don't need to set numerous alarms it, it's insane to me that people can sleep through alarms like i think that i prime myself for the alarm like if especially if, especially if there's something that i need to wake up for like a class or a test or an appointment or something like i normally wake up before my alarm like because i'm just so anxious that i'll miss whatever it is that i need to go to yeah that makes sense i definitely am a uh I don't know. I really like sleep. I used to like sleep a lot more and it turns out uh, it wasn't me who liked it. It was the medication I was on. But like, I'll wake up and I'll be so annoyed that I have to be awake that like my rage will get me out of bed. I'm insufferable. Yeah, I think most people who like idolize sleep and they're all like, ah ha ha, I, I was just sleeping all weekend. I think that generally... That's not, like, a good sign in terms of their mental health. No, it's not. We'll talk about it's it. It's never been a good sign for me. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so, but, like, wh- why, hey, Tegan. Yes, Becca? Why does sleep feel so good? Uh, cause brain need it. Can you be more specific? Oh, boy, can I. Welcome to Be More Specific, a podcast where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, Walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Tegan. And I'm Becca. Woo! Woo! Yeah, I feel like I feel like that was a little awkward because we were just talking about how sleep isn't that great. I still like it. It still yeah. feels good. 
Well, oh, not not like being conscious in the world for long spaces of time feels pretty good. Well, and also, you know, when you wake up and you're well rested, that feels good. Yeah, it does feel good. I think that I I think I always ignore my body when it says it's well rested. I always just keep sleeping because I feel so good. Yeah, and I'm exactly. Like, oh, it must be because I got a lot of sleep, so I should get more of it, right? I feel like sleep is almost like addictive. In, like it's like a mm. numbing agent. It can be at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Are you gonna tell me the history of sleep? <laughs> I mean, kinda. That that's a joke because um, how we always cover the history of our things first. Yes. But people well, have always first... been sleeping, right? <laughs> so. We've been researching sleep. No, I was kidding. Um, my big question, the first thing I googled was, why do we sleep? Oh. And the answer may surprise you. The answer is we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like too frequently that is the answer to the questions that we ask, unless it's like a straight up history question. And even if it is a straight up history question, because there's so many, there's like, there's so much research being done There's a and so reason. much discovery being made and uncovery and everything yeah. and it's like nothing is black and white it's annoying when you want to write i mean that's annoying when you want to cover an entire topic in 60 minutes that's something like a lot of our our questions that we ask here seem easy and uh, there's so much that i had to cut out of even this just like because it's so hard. You have to be more specific in an hour. Yeah, we didn't, I mean, we can always circle back. We can always be more specific. <laughs> um, actually, okay, so at the top, I want to say I started researching into the evolution of sleep and like animals in sleep. And that is going to be its own episode because... Animals sleep differently than humans do. And there's also, like, worms. You know, C. elegans. We've talked about the great worm controversies. They Mm -hmm. are a model for how melatonin works. And it's actually really interesting. So all of the animal factoids are not going to be here, but they will exist later. Well, Well, I just learned that scientists learned that whales, when they sleep, they sleep upright. Yeah! It's the most Lovecraftian thing. Like, why do they do that? To be, like, extra creepy? We we only just figured out that they do that at all. Everybody thought they just floated. It's so... That's... There are so many things. They still kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, my first... So, I asked why do we sleep, and then I was looking into some of the theories, and a lot of, like, the theories of why we sleep... You can only really test if you, you know, do the opposite, the control. So what happens if you don't sleep? Oh, I just heard a, cre- a creepypasta about this. Okay, was it the I, Russian I sleep at- experiment? The, yeah, where, like, they yeah. End, it ends in, like, cannibalism and, like, super strong people and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. yes, please get into it. It was the funniest thing. I was at a, <laughs> I was at, like, a church gathering a Relief Society gathering, and the Relief Society president, I don't know how we got on the topic, but we were talking about sleep, and she was like, well, did you know about the Russian, like, sleep experiment? And I was like, there's no that way that was real. And it she wasn't. was like, wait, let me look it up. And then she looked up, and she was like, oh yeah, it's a creepypasta. And then she read the whole thing to us. It was funny. <laughs> it's a terrifying, that's one of those things that in high school, like, legitimately quite scared me. 
yeah. con- concept. So there's there's five stages of sleeplessness. Um, so if you're like admitted to the hospital and you're like, I've been awake for X number of days, they'll classify you within a stage. And then treatment's kind of the same. The treatment for not sleeping is sleeping. So stage one is about 24 hours. Um, Most of us, I'm sure, have experienced this. You're drowsy, brain fog. You also get really angry. It's just kind of not sleeping makes people angry and irritated. Yeah. Which is a weird, like, human experience thing. It's weird, like, seeing my niece who's, she's only three years old, and it's like a perfect little, a perfect little, like microcosm of this whole concept because you know babies and toddlers and things they don't have any sort of like restraint really so she can get tired because babies need a lot of sleep because they're growing so much she'll get tired and like it's just the difference is night and day she's never like a total well no sometimes she can be a total monster like she gets so tired yeah i i totally and the fact that she doesn't even recognize (laughs) yeah there's been times where um me and Desert will be arguing, and then we'll both be like, maybe we should go to bed. Because, like, I don't know why I'm mad anymore. I'm just, I think I'm just tired. Yeah. And even the other day, I was playing, like, board games with two of my sisters, and we were playing the game Pandemic. And Jenny accidentally spilled something, and then, like, Somebody was getting, I don't know, everybody was just, like, kind of on edge. And it was, like, midnight, so it made sense. And then eventually she was like, you, like, you know what? I'm going to bed. She stopped in the middle of the game, and I was like, fair, because... Good like, on you. You know. That's, that's like... <laughs> you recognize the issue here. That is executive function. Like, I'm so proud. Because yeah. sometimes I'll be like, I'll just stay awake. And then you end up in stage two. So at 36 hours of not sleeping... You start to have micro sleeps without realizing it. You've probably seen videos of like, you know, toddlers will be like eating an ice cream cone and they kind of, and then they like wake back up. Those are micro sleeps and they can happen to adults um, without them realizing it. So once you start like starting stage two onward, you're at an increased risk for like automobile accidents, which is kind of terrifying to think of you just like nodding off and not noticing it. You also have impaired memory. Um, sometimes people will have behavioral changes, increased appetite, which is weird, and then also difficulty processing social cues. It's just like the base of that pyramid. You take away sleep and stuff just starts falling away. That's so interesting. So at stage three, after 48 hours, hallucinations for most people start to set in. Um, including extreme anxiety as well as depersonalization. Um, People start to feel outside of themselves. Stage four, after 72 hours, hallucinations get more complex and microsleeps start getting longer. And then at stage five, if you've been awake for 96 hours or more, um, sleep deprivation psychosis or the inability to interpret reality can occur. (laughs) That's like, it's not a long time. To be, like, completely gone. Yeah. Do you know how they got this data? Um, It's from people who have disorders where they can't sleep or self-inflicted. Um, sometimes people will not sleep for extreme. There's been a couple cases of, like, uh, soccer fans forcing themselves to stay awake. And then usually they die from, like, a stroke. But the... <gasps> like hallucinations and stuff also occur and then sometimes people will get so paranoid 
but they won't allow themselves to sleep because they now have, you know, increased paranoia and whatnot. What's the longest you've ever gone without sleeping? Probably three days. I, it was, it was not fun. It was one of those things where I just like couldn't sleep one night and then the next night I had something going on really late and then I couldn't fall asleep because I didn't like lay down when I was tired. And then the third day, I think it was like a Friday, it was my freshman year of college and I had something due the next day. So I just stayed up and near the end of that, I definitely was feeling uh, bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get to stage four proper. No, no. <laughs> I, I got, I think I did get like extreme anxiety and I had the like out of body feeling for a lot of the day. But I was, I mean, generally okay. Well, yeah, well, it's always, so I've just, I've never done anything super crazy. I think the longest I've gone is probably like 36 hours, maybe. Because yeah. I, I don't know, I'll I'll just crash. But there is always like an interesting moment where like you're so tired and then it's like, oh, you're back up to your next cycle. Like, yeah. you're awake again and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you can take melatonin and you can take what, I don't know, actual sleep medication, but it just, yeah, like, it's hard to feel the need to because I, because you always feel, or at least for me, I feel fine again. So other theories we have, like the actual theories, there's the inactivity theory, which is being still and quiet makes you less apt to be attacked or eaten at night when you can't see, which a simple counter argument to this is why not just lie awake and not move? Or also, if you're evolving the concept of sleep, why not just see better? Like, why would sleep win over either of those things? There's also energy conservation. Energy is reduced while we sleep and food is not always plentiful. Um, Lions and other cats, for example, exemplify the energy conservation theory. They sleep for 16 to 20 hours a day, which is a lot of time. But when you're eating, like, only protein and you have to hunt it, I mean, food's not really plentiful, you know? Mm-hmm. That's then, interesting. I did not know that they slept that much. Right? It's so much. Okay, so then restorative, the, the two theories that are kind of the, like, strongest um, and probably the most, I don't know, the most descriptive of how we sleep, at least, as humans. There's restorative, which is when we sleep, the brain physically clears out all of the neurotransmitters, not all of, a lot of the neurotransmitters, used during the day, especially adenosine. So adenosine through the day congregates in our brain, making us sleepier and sleepier. Caffeine actually blocks the receptors that accept adenosine, Mm -hmm. so you don't feel as tired. It delays when your adenosine makes you feel sleepy. Mm -hmm. The most striking evidence for this is that animals who are forced to be deprived entirely of sleep lose all, not just brain function, but immune function and die in a matter of weeks. So something there are there are processes while we sleep that relate to like the maintenance of your body. Well, I've heard even like when I went in to get tested for sleep apnea that like so when you have sleep apnea, you're not getting very good sleep because you're not getting very oxygenated sleep yes. and yeah. that can cause all kinds of issues including like like weight gain and like just all these things that your body normally can take care of on its own but without that quote-unquote good sleep it's just like it's less effective yeah that's 
sleep sleep science is it's crazy how much it seems to affect um and then the other one yeah the other one is you kind of talked about this with uh your your baby niece uh brain plasticity something is happening with brain development that's kind of the like the whole concept is like something's happening and when we sleep Mm -hmm. we get smarter people who are well rested like are better at complex problem solving which and their Mm -hmm. brains like light up in a more plastine way where like you know different areas of the brain are helping solve problems as opposed to just like one part in those who are deprived Yeah, which this might be like totally not even the same thing but I feel like anecdotally, I'll be playing a hard video game and I'll be like grinding the same problem or same puzzle for hours on end. And then I'm like, okay, this isn't working. And then I go to sleep and try again in the morning and it immediately clicks. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's totally that's a thing with I mean, a lot of not even like just video game problems, but I've been staying like staying up writing an essay and I'm just stuck on a sentence. Like, I just can't. Or I'm reading something and I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, duh. <laughs> and there's thoughts yeah, that... Yeah, it is ridiculous how much better I can read, like, in the morning <laughs> yeah. than, like, those, the hour before I go to sleep most of the time. Like, And there's, there's concepts that, like, maybe while we're sleeping we're, like, unconsciously working on those problems. But it's also possible that our brain is just, like, kind of gross and isn't working as well it's not as like well oiled with neurotransmitters or whatever yeah brain science is just interesting because like we can track the like i don't know specific things like electrical signals but we can't track a specific thought or yeah a specific physiological the a lot of the articles i was reading were going into like we know the physiological process of sleep but mm-hmm. we have no idea what's happening psychologically or if you can even mm-hmm. ever conceptualize well, the it. fact that like this big like lump of electric flesh makes up abstract thought and like and like my, we don't really know yeah. how because it's abstract like we're we are two lumps of electric flesh making audio for other lumps of electric flesh to listen to caged inside caged inside Bones. flesh prisons yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, uh, speaking of our flesh prisons, I think that the world thinks, hmm, Becca, she doesn't like the fact that skin exists. We're going to do lots of things to it. <laughs> because sunburns and mosquito bites and a jellyfish sting and this weird plant rash on my, yeah, no, it, it's. You're dying? I just, I just thought that I would update that I still don't like having skin. <laughs> Update, Becca still hates skin. I still hate my skeleton. I'm anti-skeleton. You've I've liked them conceptually, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be laying in bed and I'll think about like where my ribs are, and that's bad. See, sometimes I think I'd be happier if I were only skeleton. What if I was all flesh and you were all skeleton? <laughs> that would be a dynamic duo. You're just <laughs> on the ground all the time. You're literal you're literal puddle. I feel like I could still, I guess I would also just be a pile of bones. We would just, (laughs) yeah, anyway, continue. We're getting into, like, body horror. Um, Falling asleep. So, you lay down, 
and then at some point you fall asleep and then you wake up. But, like, thinking about falling asleep makes it impossible to fall asleep. And this is, like, proven scientifically that, like, you cannot think about it or you won't sleep, period. Like, you just, you have to let it be unconscious. So, Linda Larson Pryor, in her 2011 paper based on sleep and the process of falling asleep, said, as you're laying down to relax, it is in this period that the brain progressively disengages from the external world. Subjects slowly oscillate between attending to external and internal thoughts, with the majority of internal thoughts being autobiographical or self-referential in nature. So the whole, the, you know, the joke of like you're falling asleep and then your eyes like shoot open and you remember like every bad thing you've ever done or like, mm-hmm. that's like a real thing that like occurs in most people. It's. Yeah. Well, I feel like that, I mean, if that's true, which it seems to be, most people seem to have similar experiences. That explains a lot of like dreams. That yes. That people have. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then. You slip after you, like, start to fall asleep. You go into stage one. A lot of people don't consider, like, if I if I woke you up in stage one or in stage two, 60% of people think they were actually asleep, but 40% are like, you didn't wake me up. I wasn't asleep. So the first two mm-hmm. stages are... So it's like daydreaming, most people think. Kind of, yeah. You're, um... You have hiccups of alpha waves that make you feel like you're awake, but you don't consciously remember the periods of, you know, unawakenedness. Which is why time can sometimes, if you, you know how you like, you feel like you've been trying to fall asleep forever and it feels like time is going really fast. Like you wake up or you, you come to full attention and it's 3 a.m. and you're like, I've been trying to fall asleep since 3 a.m. You've probably been sleeping. You just remember moments of consciousness and don't remember moments of unconsciousness Mm -hmm. which is such a weird thing to think of like oh i exist even when i'm not conscious yeah well that's like i don't know there's been speculative fiction stuff about how like you can achieve time travel basically just by like speeding up that process where it's like internal time travel where like you experience the world quicker than everyone else does yeah um so like you can make discoveries quicker and stuff like that which it's interesting to think about it freaks me out i don't like it but (laughs) no it's a little it's a little creepy there's something about sleep that is inherently a little off-putting yeah well also i don't know for me it seems like it's such like it's a universal thing that everybody experiences like similarly Mm. and like altering it feels like especially like sacrilegious yeah (laughs) yeah um so in the article to like explain the whole consciousness unconsciousness thing um they said so if you think about when you like doze off while watching a movie that's like mm-hmm. the best way to real because you'll like pick up some plot points, but not a lot, and then you drop off completely. So once you drop off completely, that is when you hit stage um, two, which is true non REM. Um, but a lot of people still don't consider stage two to be real sleep if they're woken up during it, hmm. which is weird. It's so weird to think you can be like 
scientifically asleep, unconscious, not, but you're like, you wake up and you, you remember something that happened kind of recently. So you weren't asleep. Yeah. Um, after that is stage three and four. Oh, sorry. Oh no, you're good. Well, I, I think it, is it the sort of thing where like your eyes are closed and you're not experiencing things in that way, but like your, but like your ears and like other senses are still operating or are all of them operating a little bit? Kind of. In stage two, your, uh, awareness of the outside world drops off pretty dramatically. Um, but in stage one, you're still somewhat conscious. And there are, we'll talk about disorders, disordered sleep that leads to, like, a hyper-consciousness or a, like, hallucinatory episodes while you're half awake, basically. Um, after stage two is stage three, four, and REM, we all hear about REM sleep, right? Rapid eye movement. Um, this is where people will consider themselves to be fully asleep. And then... From that point on, you move, in the night, you move, you go one, two, three, four, with stage four being REM sleep, and then throughout the night, you go two, three, four, two, three, four, two, three, four, usually. Sometimes people will go two, three, two, three, four, three, four, like, people have different patterns, um, and if you wake up in two, you usually feel pretty refreshed, but if you're, like, startled awake in the middle of stage four... People usually, that's when you get, like, grumpy or, like, upset mm-hmm. you're awake. <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. rage. Um, um, are, are most people's sleep cycles, like, internally consistent, like, uh, it, within themselves? Or does it vary every night, even among individuals? Um, it's internally consistent, but it can change with, like, external stressors. And so that's actually a good way for, like... Like, if you're having a depressive episode, for example, your sleep might look different but be consistent within the episode. So I was reading an article about, we'll talk more about the commodification of sleep, but, like, the overabundance of data we have on ourselves can lead to people being so anxious about the quality of sleep they're getting. And, like, science barely understands these stages and, like, what they really mean and we can kind of overcomplicate it and then make ourselves Mm -hmm. freaked out. So don't get, like, too panicked. It's mainly just if you are consistently feeling tired, go to a doctor because you might have sleep apnea. You might have underlying issues. You might also just need to, like, meditate. We'll talk about sleep hygiene, too. But during Mm -hmm. stage four, REM, the fun sleep, when your eyes are moving around. Um, Freaky. Your brain activity... It's so weird watching people. I mean, not that I routinely do it, but like... <laughs> okay, Edward. <laughs> but every episode needs to include a Twilight reference. That's a rule now. Yes. Um, but it is... I, I don't know. When I have seen people, like, in the depths of sleep and their eyes are, like... When you can Twitching. see the eyes underneath the eyelids flipping around, it's so weird. Um, Your brain activities while you're in REM picks up nearing levels like while you're awake and then your body also experiences atonia which is a temporary paralysis of the muscles with two exceptions your eyes and your breathing muscles um 
which is important because you need both of those. And I guess your heart, like it's, you know, things that you normally have control of, you don't. But even like yeah. digestion slows down. Um, REM Weird. is thought to be essential to cognitive functions and thought to be the most important for like memory, learning, and creativity and probably where a lot of that cleanup happens we were talking about earlier. But we don't know for sure. Um, the one thing we do know is in REM sleep, people have the most vivid dreams that they remember at the very least. We have no way of mm-hmm. knowing if people are dreaming if they don't remember them. Right. So then the question is, just why do we dream? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a huge question. But, like, I wouldn't know how to build a single study about sleep. Like, there's so many unknowns. There's, like, just so... All you can do is just, like, go off of people's, like, what they remember. Like what you were saying, the people who do remember vivid dreams, most of them occur during REM sleep. But, like... That's why psychology kind of scared me away. Yeah. Is it's... There's so many variables, and you can't... I mean, like, you can quantify the physiology... Or, sorry, you can quantify the... Like, the physical aspects of a human brain. But all the other stuff is just, like, hearsay. Yeah, well, because, I mean, everybody experiences the world so differently. And that's an interesting yeah. and cool thing to try to, like, examine and understand. But it's daunting. Yeah. Um. The So studies on why we dream or, like, the even, like, dream processes are kind of few and far between because of those issues. Um. We do think, experts think, that the brainstem generates REM sleep and the forebrain generates dreams. <laughs> because if the brainstem is injured, patients dream but don't go into REM. And if the forebrain is injured, patients go into REM but don't dream. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I like how it's like whack-a-mole. We're just like, hoping like, oh, well, if if this has gone, a lot of brain stuff in general like neuroscience depends on people getting like really traumatic injuries that remove a large piece of their function to figure out what does what that's so much of psychology like how did people figure out that the broca's area exists it's just all these people who've gotten into horrific car accidents (laughs) who can't talk anymore yes (laughs) just a question like on diagrams what are those waves the waves that they show are the level of, like, electrical impulses happening in the brain at any given time. And that is why during REM sleep it says, oh, brain activity looks similar to when you're awake. Because you have fast-moving waves because your brain's processing a lot. In stage three, right before REM, um, you have delta mm-hmm. waves, which are long and smooth. I don't know. It's interesting because you'd think, you'd think it's, but, I mean, maybe it's, like, training? I don't know. I mean, it's not that, like, the the waves aren't, like, inherently meaningful, um, but they are, like, another piece of data that's just interesting. Yeah. They're a diagnostic tool, not something that is, like, created physically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to think about, uh, like, diagnostic tools as, like, like, my pulse, for example, it's... The measurement of beats per minute is not actually indicative of everything that has to do with my pulse. It is only one aspect that we use as a diagnostic Mm -hmm. tool. Like, 
It's weird. It's stuff like that is hard to conceptualize, and that's why I want to work with bugs and not people. <laughs> um, if you want to remember a dream, say it out loud when you wake up. Like, literally just wake up and start, like, murmuring to yourself, and it'll change where your brain is storing this memory. Or write it down. Or force someone to listen to you. Um, you know, the running joke, like, don't. What not it your sister, like, Times yeah, if people. you spend more than the 30 seconds explaining a dream, she stops listening. She's uninterested. She's like, it's not real. Why does it matter? And it's like, I don't know, because, I mean, our brain still did it. It's funny. <laughs> My brain made something. Um, mm. I actually, so a lot of what I was reading, a lot of, like, the scientific sources, what they came down to was we don't exactly know what dreams are. We know for some people they're completely fantastical, and for some people they're just replays of real life. For some people, like, there's stress dreams, there's nightmares, there's... I've had dreams, like, especially when I was younger, dreams of, you know, someone I had a crush on just, like, holding their hand and I wake up and I'm like, cool, wish fulfillment, I guess. Um, So don't put, like, too much thought into it. Like, don't be Freud about it. But you can use it as a, like, a tool for introspection. It is, that's fair. I th- yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I always get annoyed because I never have super fantastical <laughs> dreams. Like, mine are mostly just life. Like, I get my dreams confused with life a lot of the time, and I don't always remember them. I frequently don't, but they're just ma- mundane and normally, like, kind of annoying. You've asked me before, like, hey, did we do this? And I'm like, no. And you're like, I must have dreamed Yeah, it. well, it- and it's something as easy as, like, hey, did we go to the grocery store the other day? Yep. And, like... They rejected my credit it's card. It's like, no. <laughs> like, stu- I dream about stuff like that all the time. I dream that I didn't graduate high school. I get pretty fantastical, uh, terrifying. Like, Freud would have a field day. Like, negative yeah. dreams, right? Um, well, I there are some directors that I wonder what their dreams are like. Like, does David Lynch, where did he get the stuff he puts in his movies, if not from his own dreams? What, what is like, Burton's <laughs> Night Palace like or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so before, the next thing we're going to talk about is sleep disorders, which are, I don't want to scare people. So first I'm going to climb on my soapbox, if you would like to join with me. Uh, no, I'm good out here. Okay, well, I'll yell at you then. Sleep cool. is a multi-billion dollar business. It is in the... The business of advertising cures for problems that don't exist and problems that do. Human sleep has changed a lot with, like, the Industrial Revolution. We actually used to have a first and a second sleep with about a two-hour break in the middle. There's this historian who wrote, uh, A. Roger Erkich, wrote a book called At Day's Close, Night in Times Past, which describes how households at this, like, time period, retired a couple hours after dusk, woke a few hours later for one to two hours, and then had a second sleep until dawn. I've actually, I've found in periods of my life where I don't have, like, regular appointments or I'm not working a traditional job, I 100% wake up in the middle of the night, do something for, like, an hour, and then go back to sleep. Just... I'll wake up completely awake and I'll do something and then I get tired again. And people actually default to this if removed from, like, external stimuli within, like, within, you know, scientific studies. 
Um, yeah, I've heard that. We're not supposed to... It was just because of the Industrial Revolution, the hours of productivity were created so that, like, you get one long sleep instead of multiple shorter ones. Yes. Yeah. And That's apparently, all true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. Our, like... We we also used to, like, nap more often. Like, the idea of, like, a siesta was more common. Um, but mm-hmm. now we have this eight-hour block and sleep is kind of, like, penalized. There's this idea that those who sleep less are working harder or more deserving mm-hmm. of money or fame. Um, Trump declared at a campaign event in Illinois in 2015, I have a great temperament for success. You know, I'm not a big sleeper. I like three hours, four hours, I toss, I turn, I beep de beep. <laughs> Which I'm assuming means he wakes up. What a thing to be proud of, especially since it's like probably actively killing his brain cells. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um there's been there's been a couple there's a couple articles that were kind of intense. This one was the the chillest of the bunch. This person named Dr. Dr. Guy Meadows, who's the co-founder and clinical director of the Sleep School which runs insomnia clinics in central London, said, we are in a sleep crisis. A perfect storm has settled over our bedrooms and it is stopping us from drifting off. Tiredness is the new norm, which is totally true. Like, mm-hmm. I sometimes, people ask me, how are you doing? And I'll be like, you know, tired. Like that. And that, that yeah, everybody relates. Or there's like yeah. people one up each other's tiredness. Yes, hundred like, oh, percent. Like, I just got off a twelve-hour shift. Like, what's your, like, what did you do? And it's like, oh, I just, you know, I was around the house. I did chores, and like, you guys are equally tired. Like, it doesn't. Yeah, which it's, it's all kind of annoying. Yeah, which not to get into like class struggle, but there is a literal sleep gap within classes. Wealthy people sleep more in general because you know they have the ability to and less sleep is associated with diabetes cardiac failure alzheimer's degenerative brain uh disorders mental illness like so Mm -hmm. many issues that just lead to like inevitably uh less productivity less happiness and keeping like the status quo so sleep as a commodity is so powerful um, and that's why you you see ads for, like, pillows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Why are all of my targeted ads about sleep? I feel like I don't even... It's not like I'm in the market for new pillows. I already have five but <laughs> on like, my twin bed. <laughs> it's the same thing as... I mean, makeup does the exact same thing with, like... Even if I have a mascara that works, the makeup industry sells me on the idea that there is one out there that is better. And I feel like the mm-hmm. sleep industry will say, well, maybe you feel like you're sleeping well, but you're probably not. Like, they they kind of sow seeds of doubt, which, like... The, you're totally right. Well, that's the yeah. entire advertising industry. Yeah. Which, and it's not it's like... It's dirty. Yeah, it is. But, it, and it's not even, like, my issues with sleep, I think, stem more from an expected eight-hour workday. And less mm-hmm. with even, like, the amount of light I use. I, if I default to when I'm not working a traditional job or my school schedule is somewhat self-motivated, I find I sleep the recommended amount. Like, I think we 
default to what yeah. you're supposed to do. It's like intuitive eating. Like, our bodies know what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I ignore it, like, in a different way than most people, in that I always, like, sleep more when I don't need to. But pretty consistently, like, every time I get back from a trip where I'm going to bed at a normal time, that's, like, 11 to 8 or whatever is when I'm sleeping. Like, I always, always tip back to, like, 1 a.m. to, like, 10 a.m. Which is, Which like, is actually... I was reading about this as well. Some people are legitimately... Your circadian rhythm just defaults there. So it's possible that yeah, and for I you think, that's just... Yeah, and I think that's where it is for me, which is yeah. really frustrating because I think that, like, the, I don't know, the general workplace just, like, I don't know, does the not general... Support that. Not at all. And it assigns a moral value. Like... 100%. Yeah, it is completely... I shouldn't feel bad for doing what my body is, like, defaulting to, especially since it's not like I'm missing anything else i'm not overall less productive because i sleep no. at a different time i'm a student yeah. like it's fine <laughs> um i actually if you want to know how to fix that there was a video that was talking about how it was like how to become a morning person and what it came down to is they were like trick your body to thinking you live in a different time zone like change your lighting schedules if you have like mm. the ability to do that and like change your if your phone like my phone turns yellow past a certain night like time at night to mm -hmm. limit blue light they were like change that setting make it a little uh make it a little earlier and just like convince your body that you live elsewhere basically which That's is interesting it's interesting but it's also like dang it i shouldn't have to do that <laughs> should be able to be productive right. for sure especially for in sure. things where you're not like working that's also something like store hours have increasingly changed to just be wider and wider and wider it used to be things were open from you know nine to five and that's it but now like a lot of places are open 24 hours and people who work late shifts and you know work all night and sleep all day they're also having a very very bad time yeah that's an interesting one because, like, it's the same people who, like, work night shifts that aren't able to go to the grocery store during, like, or, like... Yeah. Because they're sleeping during, like, regular hours. So, it's hard. I understand that it's difficult to, like, accommodate everybody, um, just in, but, like, again, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. <laughs> I think and, it's, uh, it's a, an American thing as well, the concept of, like, the 24-hour store. It's That's fairly... Fair. Yeah, well, because there are ways to capitalistic. get capitalistic. Like, yeah. No, you're right. Because I've seen lots of, like, culture shock media about, like, Italy where all the stores close at, like, 3 p.m. And Italians find a way to make it work. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's... I think sometimes by, like, giving in to, like, the desires of the market instead of desires of, like, humans we end up shortchanging the most vulnerable populations. Yeah, well, viewing people as a population instead of an individual that frequently, like... Yeah. I, I think that's, like, the whole idea of capitalism is that it ends up with the greater good, but I think it just ends up with, like, a net... Like, you, you have to lower your standards more and more. <laughs> and so those are the ones that, like, industries listen to, and that yeah. is also not accommodating, so... Well, and that's also children adolescents 
anyone under the age of 18 is supposed to be getting like 10 hours of sleep a night, but the education system does not support that. You are expected to be at school. Usually, my school, I think my first class was at 7 a.m., and then I had an early morning seminary class for religion um, at 6 a.m. Like, in high school, I was averaging maybe five, six hours a night because I also had homework, and then I had, like, after-school band practice and so much. Yeah, same, and I would take naps, and it wasn't enough. No. And then I was working a part-time job. And, like, there's overwhelming evidence that starting at 9 or 10 is better for literally everybody involved, but I don't know why it's not changed. There's no good reason. (laughs) I think it comes back, I think it comes back to that idea of, one article even called it, this thing that was like, while beauty sleep has a feminine connotation, the idea of, like, working instead of sleep is, like, it's just a symptom of, like, hyper-masculinity and, like, the idea of, like, working and the, like, American ideal is tied to not sleeping. Yeah, so a lot of policymakers are just, like, it's been this way for so long. Exactly. And, at, and we were successful. Early bird yeah. gets the worm. Things like that, where it's like, that's not necessarily true. Yeah, which literally, like, assigns a moral value yep. when you wake up. 100%. Like, you're better if you wake up early. Yes. <laughs> um, li- like, it's it's hilariously, like, just... It's disheartening, uh, honestly. Yeah, well, just the fact that it's, like, it's not based in any real, like, science or fact. It's just a weird cultural thing. Yeah, that we all decided to be cool with, I guess. Which is, it's so... I mean, I don't want to, like, put the the fault on people. I think that there are, like, policymakers and, you know, millionaires who are really at fault. But, like, it's just we are moving in a direction that is unhealthy. Yeah, it probably grew from, like, an agrarian society where, like, you want to get the the greatest amount of sunlight. Like, you want to be productive during... Same reason why daylight saving time exists. But, like, it's obsolete now. Like, Yeah. It's not the prison industrial system. It's the sleep industrial system. <laughs> it's keeping us all down. I'm being kicked down by the man. And the man is the my pillow except man. For, except for early morning people who exist and who we do not approve of <laughs> on this podcast. This po- You know, it's funny. I actually, I've discovered I'm an early morning person, but I'm almost like hesitant yeah i don't like it like i don't like that part of myself but it's definitely as medications have come and gone i'm like oh that's that's actually who i am (laughs) interesting no i mean i do i understand the attraction of like waking up early in the morning and feeling like you have everything done like early in the day it's presented very romantically so yeah yeah, it absolutely is yeah okay um i just yeah anyway next next thing off of the soapbox (laughs) other so there are disorders which i've kind of i've touched on like the ideas of but i want to go into them um some of them may or may not be caused by modern stress there has been increases in recognition of them but it's we're not sure if that's because of just better diagnostics but there are theories that modern stress has increased the number of like stress related sleep disorders So there's parasomnias, which are, it's like a class of disorder. It's any abnormal behavior during the border of sleep and wakefulness. 
So the most popular is sleepwalking, which is also called, are you ready for this word? Mm. Are you ready for it? Somnabulism. Mm -hmm. Som somnabulism. Som som somnam. I've, I've never heard bullism. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. That's a cool word. It sounds like an Overwatch I'm going to say sleepwalking. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah. Sleepwalking happens usually during non-REM sleep, usually in stage three, those delta waves. And it is, it is usually comorbid with sleep talking. And then also people who experience sleepwalking will also usually experience con confusional arousals. Sleepwalking can happen for a litany of reasons, stress being one of them, but also it can just be like familial. Sometimes families just are like, oh, every boy in the family is a sleepwalker, you know? <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, and the main way to fix it is literally everything was like, just treat the underlying causes because usually it's, you know, stress or medication or whatever. Um, but for people who it's familial, uh, there was this article that was like, install motion sensors if them, like, escaping is a problem. <laughs> Especially with children, they were like, you need to have locks. Like, even if your kid wouldn't normally go to grab a knife, if they're asleep, they might on accident. So, like, lock those. That's insane. Terrifying. How much experience does this author have with, like, knife-bearing sleep children? <laughs> I had a friend whose mom, actually, she woke up several times in the middle of the road in front of her house in her underwear. Like, that's insane. I, I'm very glad I've, I do not sleepwalk. Yeah, I've met so many sleep talkers, but sleepwalking is a whole other level. Yeah. Like, it, it makes you realize how, like, second nature stuff like walking is. And opening <laughs> doors. Even there are, like, cases of sleepwalkers disabling alarms. So, like, there's things where it's like, don't tell the sleepwalker the code because they'll remember it. Yeah, yeah. So, and then that, I guess, speaks to how vivid, like, dreams can be. Yeah. Or, or just how how brains can operate without your, like, consent. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that a lot. Insane. My brain is operating without my consent. Like, those are two different entities. <laughs> um, there's other parasomnias, uh, sleep terrors, for example, and then also I'm sure you've heard of sleep paralysis. So mm -hmm. the real term for sleep paralysis is hypnagogic hallucinations, which are when you're falling asleep, or hypnopomic, which is when you're waking up. For most people, a lot of people will actually have these hallucinations. It, it basically is just because you're, like, actively dreaming, for lack of a better term, while you're falling asleep. Have you ever been laying in bed and you, like, hear someone call your name? Or you swear you hear, like, a door slam? Or you, like, see something out of the corner of your eye? I get those mm -hmm. all the time. It is, like, a constant... It's annoying. Because I'll, like be like, wait, what did you say, Desert? And he's like, <gasps> like completely asleep. Sleep paralysis, the fun one that everyone likes to talk about is when you have those hallucinations, but you also can't move, which is terrifying. I used to get those quite often. Mm -hmm. And they can increase in frequency if you're stressed, mentally ill, or on a medication or other controlled substance, including alcohol. Alcohol can make these hallucinations like 
so much worse. Some people can't drink before bed because they'll, you know, there's actually, there's a lot of like classic paintings of usually beautiful women laying in bed with a demon sitting on their chest because people will have Mm. hallucinations that there's like, they hear voices or they see ghosts or demons or even just the feeling of something being in the room. As well as we talked earlier, remember how I was saying in REM, your everything is paralyzed except for your eyes and your breathing muscles. Mm-hmm. So you can feel that paralysis of your like chest muscles. And in that like half awake state, people will think there's an old hag or a demon sitting on their chest. And it's so common that it's in That's like, insane. it's in like classic art. It's like a common right. theme within like, you know, well, like, they had to they had to fit such a unique feeling into their, like, religious paradigm. Exactly. It had to mean something. Um, there's also, you know, the thing where you're falling asleep and you kind of jerk awake? That mm-hmm. is technically a hallucination because you're having a tactile response um, that does not match what is physically happening to you. It's called a myeloclonic <laughs> jerk. It's normal. It's not like, it's not like, a, oh, be wor- it, you're fine. Um... In high school, I actually had those, the hypnagogic hallucinations where I would be falling asleep and I thought I had woken up and there was always a party in my house and I would wake up and I could move. It wasn't sleep paralysis, but I would wake up and would like wander around my house asking people to leave because I just wanted to sleep, but there was no one there. I was just... I I was probably just very stressed and uh, it was manifesting Mm -hmm. as a bunch of people being in my house and I couldn't sleep till they all left, (laughs) which is like, so other disorders that aren't having to do with that bridge crossing of awakeness to sleepness, I mean, kind of insomnia, um, but some people who have insomnia are actually sleeping. They just aren't like people will say oh i have insomnia i'm not sleeping and then they'll get a sleep lab and they're sleeping they just have sleep apnea so they don't feel rested or they don't feel like they've been sleeping because they keep on having those alpha waves of wakefulness sleep Mm -hmm. apnea which you have is a blockage barely (laughs) yeah which is a blockage you probably have it more than i do (laughs) apparently not to brag but my throat shape is wrong for sleeping. So sometimes when I'm sleeping, I guess my throat collapses, causing an inability to breathe. Is it, wait, is it your throat? Because most of the time it's like the palate. No, they said my, my throat is like, like my esophagus is like shaped. It's like there's three shapes it can be. That's interesting. And mine is the worst yeah, shape. Most people, it's just the back yeah, most people, it's just the back palate where the tongue kind of collapses in on itself when you're horizontal, and then it blocks your airway, which is what I have, but not, like, super bad. Um, sleep apnea is annoying because yeah. you can get a CPAP machine or a really expensive device, uh, and it will help a little bit, <laughs> but mine isn't severe enough to, like, put that type of investment in it. There's one other sleep disorder that you talked about. This is the one that you don't have. No one, like, statistically especially with our listenership, and no one who's listening to this has, fatal familial insomnia. It is a rare genetic degenerative disorder, essentially a gene that produces human prions, which we will be 
I will have an episode on prions because they are insane and they terrify me. They're basically a protein that acts like a virus. Anyway, they Whoa. they cause buildup in the thalamus of the brain. And they're usually also, prions are usually brain disorders and diseases, which are uh, scary. Um, you essentially stop being able to sleep until you inevitably die. And the website of rare diseases that was talking about it was like, if your family has this genetic deformity, this genetic issue, like, we recommend counseling, we recommend a death plan. Just, like, it was really intense. (laughs) That's really... It's interesting that it is so rare when I've seen it in every procedural drama, medical oh, yeah. or crime. Because it sounds <laughs> scary. It can also happen. There's familial, uh, there's the familial version, and then there's also, like, a random one, which is way more rare due to the increased paranoia associated with a lack of sleep. Um, a lot of these people, I mean, there's no treatment, but there's thoughts that a lot of these people die alone and we assume their death is something else yeah well i remember asking when i was really young like my dad can you die of a lack of sleep and it's like it's not it's not something so direct it's not like you hit that 80 hour mark and poof you're dead it's just it's so bad for your body that if you do it for long enough it damages it to the extent that you'll have a heart attack or like you'll have a stroke become extremely extremely anxious and paranoid or have a stroke like it's yeah, and there's, like, no real explanation yeah. for, like, why it's so important. <laughs> okay, it's important. We've talked about why it's important. Sleep hygiene. How do you get better sleep? It's all boring. All the answers uh, are boring. Well, all the answers are obvious. Yeah. Which, and I don't want to do them. <laughs> so, I'll go through the basics. Set a sleep schedule, and then also here I put, you don't have to sleep like everyone else. If your schedule allows it, like, default to what you want. It doesn't matter. Not not a moral failing Mm -hmm. on your fault. Don't drink caffeine in the afternoon because it can affect how sleepy you feel and then can also, even if you're like, caffeine doesn't affect me, it does. (laughs) It does affect you, like, physically. Caffeine can cause you to skip REM sleep or have shorter durations of stage three, which are the two stages that are important for like, you know, restful sleep and cognitive function, all that fun stuff. Uh, So just avoid it in the afternoons and evenings. And then also, this is directed at you, Becca, restrict in-bed activities. Don't hang out in your bed. (laughs) But everything, but okay, I was about to say something that was going to sound so... I was like, everything that's fun you can do in your bed, but, <laughs> but like, it's just so much more comfortable than anywhere else. So one of the articles I read actually mentioned, it was like, have a, a guest bedroom. If you want to hang out in a bed, hang out in a different bed. <laughs> that's really funny. Have a sleep. I actually know there's a couple like older ladies in my hometown who have, you know, they're empty nesters and they'll have like their nap room, and their bedroom. Yeah, totally. Which I want, you know what, that's my goal. My goal is nap room. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I I said how all of the sleep hedging stuff, even from the very, like, get-go, is so obvious and I don't want to do it. And it's so frustrating because every time I do it, I feel better. Yeah. Because, like, for a while, I was just doing all my homework in my bed because I didn't want to clear off my desk. And then finals week came and I was like, okay, I should do this because because I kept falling asleep yeah. while I was doing my homework. And I thought it was the homework's fault. And then I cleared off my desk and I put... And I started doing my homework at my desk. And guess who did their freaking homework? One of the... Guess who didn't fall asleep? (laughs) (laughs) There was a video that was like, sleep myths debunked. And one of the things Mm -hmm. was like, oh, if you're bored, you'll get sleepy. So like, do something boring. And they were like, being... If you're bored and you get sleepy, it's because you're sleep deprived. Boredom does not create sleepiness. (laughs) Like... You've been sleepy if you get bored and then you are sleepy. (laughs) Well, I can be, I can be entertaining, like doing things that I would otherwise consider extremely entertaining, just like reading a book and I fall asleep, but it's not because I am not entertained by the book. It's because, yeah, because I literally can't keep my eyes open anymore. Um, and then the last couple of things are... Get sunlight exposure during the day to reinforce your circadian rhythm. Like, exercise, mm-hmm. eat well. If you have acid reflux, Mm-mm. take medicine mm-hmm. for it or change your diet because acid reflux can really affect how well you're sleeping. And then mm-hmm. if you are – so if you've been laying in bed and it's been like 20 to 30 minutes around there that you've been laying there and you can't sleep, get up, do something in low light, like – Read a book with, like, a warm light or, I don't know, do dishes. Like, just do something else and not in your bed. Do something else not in your bed and then return and try again. That's the best way to uh, go to sleep if you have failed within that first, like, 30-minute period. Um, but yeah, basically, the biggest thing is your sleep is not going to look like anyone else's. Don't listen to the moral, like, values people try to push on sleep. And make adjustments until you're happy. Don't listen to the sleep police. Don't listen to the sleep police. They don't know. The dream police are not here. <laughs> um, We're already stuck in this stupid century of eight-hour pieces of productivity so do what you need to be happy yeah and if that means drinking a glass of milk before bed do it it doesn't matter you did, so Whatever. did you do like, did your parents do the thing where it was like a glass of milk before bed like a warm glass of milk no they did not oh you were lactose intolerant well no i i was but they didn't know i just no oh, didn't like it no. Okay. Well, I liked it, and it just occurred to me that there was some night where I had a glass, a warm glass of milk, and then I never had it again. Warm milk is so innately disgusting to me. Yeah, well, now it doesn't sound very good. It's like, but as a kid, it really, I had to have it every single night before going to bed. Well, that's your sleep routine. Yeah, but I did it. My dad would make it for me so one night he made it for me and then he never made it for me again like because i just didn't want it anymore yeah (laughs) because i grew up there's so many things like that (laughs) the the you know the thing where it's like when you fall asleep on the couch and then you wake up on the couch that's when you know you've grown up yeah yeah that one hurt i remember the first time waking up and being like i no one (laughs) No one thought to tuck me in. 
I don't even have a blanket. Like, my parents were like, peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tegan can take yeah, care don't of herself. Be, it seems like the biggest thing is, like, if you're stressed out about your sleep, you will sleep worse. So, like, just, like, chill out, everyone, collectively. <laughs> don't listen. Don't listen also to, like, the sleep lobby. Like, no. the, the the people who are telling you that you're wrong for or, like, or you're unhealthy for just, like, sleeping the way you do or that there's always something better out there. There's a certain point where you're getting the most restful sleep. For like, sleep information, <laughs> there's Sleep Foundation, which is a evidence-based website and group. But then the National Sleep Foundation will be like, what sleep tech is coming up? So... Just, like, be careful about, like, what you're reading and if they're trying to sell you something. Because sometimes there were a lot of articles that were like, is blue light the reason why people have sleep paralysis? And then, like, the end of it would be like, download this app. And I was like, oh, this was just an advertisement. Yeah, well, blue light, like, we didn't really talk about it, but it is bad it just, for your sleep, it, isn't it? Yeah, it messes with your circadian rhythm, um, but it's not... Okay. Like, a lot of people act like, oh, if you get rid of blue light, you'll be perfectly fine. But, like, that's not true. And then also some people Mm -hmm. are exposed to blue light all the time and don't have an issue. Yeah, well, and also sometimes, like, super high exposure to blue light can, like, cause headaches and things. Or at least that's, like, one of the first guesses that doctors have. And then, like, and sometimes it's fixed by just wearing the glasses that block it. So it really just depends yeah and there's also there's all kinds of like eye fatigue stuff with you know sitting as close as we do to computers yeah well yeah everybody's eyes are always fatigued because we have to look at more computers and more words than ever before in history there's a reason more people than ever have like poor eyesight (laughs) yeah which going back to our uh sunburn episode evolution did not prepare us for any of this (laughs) No, I was, oh my goodness, so I've been, we spent, like, three days on the beach, and I went every single day and was there for, like, three or four hours each day, and, like, at the end of it, I was just walking around yesterday with my family, and I was like, I just, like, my body just hurts. Like, I didn't get super sunburned, but, like, (laughs) I just, I was made for, like, the tundra. Like, my, my ancestors are, like, Nordic like, I'm not, I'm a Viking. I don't belong on the beach. My body's confused. You start speaking in, like, Scandinavian and, like, run away from your family. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where did she get that, like, horn, horned hat? <laughs> and you're like, I must go. Actually, Vikings, actually, Vikings didn't even wear horned hats. Oh helmets. my gosh, actually? <laughs> yeah, I should do an episode on vikings you should that'd be cool but yeah any final thoughts any burning on sleep i don't know Uh, i am in fact extremely i've been out we have recorded for longer than we ever have before which is really convenient since this is the time i don't have air conditioning oh perfect are you like sweating i'm so sweaty oh tell me about how sweaty you are so sweaty. You wouldn't even believe how sweaty I it's, am. I'm at a solid. I recently, I discovered my thermostat was, um, it wasn't connected to my phone. So every time desert would leave, it would turn off and I would like 
be working and then I would be like, why is it so hot in here? And my apartment would be like 89 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> what? It took you that long? Yeah. So then takes- I would be like really upset. And so I finally fixed it. And now I'm like, well, this is how the upper crust must exist at a cool <laughs> 69. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's the perfect temperature. Just like genuinely. <laughs> and a lot of people like warmer rooms and I really, I can't do it. Warm rooms are bad and those people are wrong. That's what I have to say. Cool. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're strong Viking stock. Oh, yes. Um, we're two, you know, that's, we should change our intro to two Vikings. <laughs> two Vikings, one podcast. We talk about <laughs> not Vikings. Not, but vi- never Vikings. Never. That would be a funny running joke to never talk about Vikings in a podcast about <laughs> Vikings. Oh, you know what we haven't done in a while? Hey, if you're listening what? to this, you should um follow our Instagram at Be More Specific Pod. Yeah. Uh, I'm posting, I, I like to ask people what they want to hear, uh, because I am plagued by indecision and it's nice for people to tell me what they want. So follow us on there. I just, I just research whatever I want every time. Yeah. Cause Becca's powerful but and I'm weak. That's <laughs> because I'm lazy and don't like social media. <laughs> Well, if you follow the podcast, then you'll be able to uh, interact with me, for sure. And we haven't gotten very many memes, mm-hmm. um, which I'm still upset about. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. If you have, like, thoughts about sleep, I guess let me know. Yeah, let us know your uh, your sleep routine. Ooh, how's, if you have anything interesting to share, heck yeah. Um, also, if you have anything you want us to talk about, let me know. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Are we doing celebrity gossip or bad sandwich? As far so, Kanye West is living in a stadium right now, like just in a tiny Sorry. room in the back of like he's a living stadium. in a stadium. Yeah, apparently he like so his newest. I don't even listen to Kanye West, but I've heard through the grapevine that he like released a new album i think it's called donda and it's about his dead mom and like a little bit about kim kardashian and he like did a listening party at this stadium where he just walked out and was like on stage for 30 minutes and then left and he's just been living in that same stadium and like showing up at different games and stuff and it's just like this one like i don't know 10 by 10 foot room and like there's pictures of it and it just like it's just it's it looks like a dorm room and i guess he's just living there while he finishes his album that feels like a plot on gray's anatomy what is happening yeah like somebody should help him right yeah Ooh, that's i wonder what his sleep is like it can't be good i wonder what a lot of creatives sleeps are like probably bad for the most part well, have you seen Mark Wahlberg, the action movie star? He released his schedule and he wakes up at like 3 a.m. every day and goes <laughs> to bed at like 6 p.m. <laughs> I mean, more power to him. I ugh. I just don't like waking up. I don't like going to bed either. But like when I'm asleep, I kind it's of, fine. Yeah. 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 I have a complicated relationship with living. <laughs> I think a lot of people have a complicated relationship with 
the two important things, which are eating and sleeping. They're also loaded now because, oh, because so loaded. Mm-hmm. industry found a way to take advantage of the two things that keep us alive. Like, yes. Ugh. Of course they would try to capitalize on it anyway. Why not? We love it. We love it. I love America and I hope we win the Olympics. Yes, I hope we win every Olympics. All of them. Um, what I said was a lie. I think Japan should win. <laughs> you weeb. <laughs> yep. Okay, should we end this? Yeah, I feel like we normally end with something kind of funny, though. I mean, I think ending it on me calling you a weeb is something. Yeah, fair enough. Also, there's this fly that has been harassing me for the past 30 <laughs> minutes. Oh my gosh, what's its name? Oh, what's a funny name for a fly? Dippy. Because it's a diptera. <laughs> That's cute. That's way cute. I thought you were going to be like, Henry. No, Richardson. it's Dippy, the stupid fly. And Dippy. I'm going to get the tennis racket that zaps bugs. No. And I'm going to zap him. Did you know my great-great-grandfather invented the bug zapper? What? Yeah. Like direct line? Yeah. What the On heck? the Ellsworth side. <laughs> yeah. I have the patent. How are you guys not, like, billionaires? Yeah, it turns out it was easily improved upon. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) 